0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. The last parak of Megillah Esther begins. That taxed his entire empire. Why is this? the conclusion of the Megillah. This is basically the final message of Megillah, Sester. This is the grand finale. This is the summit. This is the crescendo of the Megillah that Achashverosh taxes the people. Why do we even care that Achashverosh taxes the people? Is this important information? And to compound the question, the very next Paslik says, if you want to know the historical context, the palace intrigue, you want to know the context of the story, you got the wrong book. It's not a Megillah Sester. You have to go to the Chronicles of Persia and Media. But not this book. What's the Megillah telling us? Does the Megillah really expect us to go to the Chronicles of Persia and Media? It says, Rabbi Abramski, the Megillah is articulating the great principle that this is not a history book. This book was not written to help you understand the context of the times, the palace intrigue. This book was written for one reason and one reason only. La Hagdel Hanes, to magnify the miracle. Why then does the Megillah conclude that Achashverosh taxed the people? The answer to this question, I believe, can be found in three words. In The Gemara in the Megillah on Daf Tesa'iyim. The Gemara tells us that Achshirush had a hard time sleeping one night, and Achshirush asks, "Vayoyimer Hamelach says, "Who's in the courtyard?" Vehaman ba. Haman was coming. chachit Leimar uh, Haman was coming to tell the king to hang Mordechai. Listen carefully. Al ha'etz asher Literally, on the tree that he prepared for him. And the Gemara is bothered. Why does it say hechen loy that Haman prepared for him for Mordechai? It should just say ashar hey, the tree that Haman prepared. Obviously he prepared for Mordechai. The word loy is extra. It says the Gemara three words, tana loy hechen. He prepared it for himself. Haman thought he was preparing that gallows for Mordechai. But The Hashgacha had it. He wasn't preparing that gallows for Mordechai. He was preparing the gallows for himself. In other words, what the Gemara is telling us is that the manner of Hashgacha with which Hashem guided and pulled the strings in the time of the Purim story was such that Hashem took the enemy and the very plans of the enemy and hijacked and co-opted and harnessed those very plans and... Boomeranged it right back at them. This was a specific type of hashgacha that is operable throughout history, and specifically in the time in the, and specifically during the story of Purim. We know many examples of this throughout the Chumash. Paroi wants to drown all the Jewish boys. He feels that he gets word that the savior, the Jewish people, will be born on a certain day and he's going to drown, he's going to drown all the Jewish boys, and that very decree brought about that his own daughter would take into the palace a Jewish child, and paro himself would groom this child, and raise this child, and bring up this child to be the leader and savior of the Jewish people. But the greatest illustration of this principle, that Hashem not only foils the plot of the wicked, but uses the wicked themselves and their very schemes and boomerangs their plan right back at them, is in the conclusion of Megillah Esther. If you look in Sefer Ezra, we read about how the Jewish people returned to Eretz Israel at the end of the 70 years of Golas Bavel. And at that time, the king of Persia was Daryavesh, who, by the way, was the son of Ahasverosh and Esther. And the Jewish people want to rebuild the of HaMikdash, but they don't have requisite funds. They don't have the resources to rebuild the second Beis HaMikdash. So they turn to the king, and the king says, you know what? I'll help you out. Says the Pasuk in Ezra, Paragvav, Sukum Ches Tes, that Daryavesh, son of Ahasverosh and Esther, open up the royal treasury and give the Jewish people all the tax money to help them rebuild the second of HaMikdash. And I ask you, where did Dayavash get all this tax money from? And the answer, I believe, is All the taxes that Ahashverosh taxed the people in the end of the Purim story, his son inherited it, and then used that money to fund the reconstruction of the second Mesa Mikdash. So while the Purim story begins that Ahashverosh is celebrating that the Beis HaMikdash will never be rebuilt, by the end of the story, Ahasuerus has become the chief fundraiser for the rebuilding of the second Beis HaMikdash. Ahasuerus thinks he's celebrating the Temple will never be rebuilt. The Ibanisham in heaven is looking down. He's laughing. He says, this very party will bring about the demise of your queen. You're going to marry a woman by the name of Esther. You're going to have a child called named name Daryavesh. He's going to inherit all your tax money and he's going to give it away for the funding of the second Mesa Mekdash. So that party that Achashverosh celebrated in the beginning of the Megillah, where he thought he was celebrating the fact that the temple would never be rebuilt, that very party actually brought about the rebuilding of the second Mesa Mekdash. This is the manner of Hashkacha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses. And this is a very comforting thought. Never be scared. Of the enemy in office. Never be scared of the plots of the Sine Israel. Not only will God foil the plot, the Yvanasham will take that very scheme and use it to bring about Yeshuais the Nachamais to all of Klal Yisrael. And sure enough, La Yehudim Haysa Oira, the Simcha, the Sasain,